to the Thriving in the Kingdom podcast with me, Vincent Kodongo. I'm committed to help you understand the kingdom of heaven better and to operate with optimal fruitfulness by the application of its principles. In today's episode, we're speaking about confronting our beliefs. Confronting our beliefs. We will introduce the concept of beliefs and then I will explain uh, the impact of your beliefs on your life. What is a belief? The Collins Dictionary defines a belief as a feeling of certainty that something exists, is true, or is good. A feeling of certainty that something is exists, is true, or is good. The Oxford Dictionary defines a belief as an acceptance that something exists or is true, especially without proof. An acceptance that something exists or is true, especially without proof. It's important to note the kind of words that are used there. Like the Collins uses a feeling of certainty. The Oxford speaks about an acceptance. Uh, one of the definitions I like about belief is from Marie Forleo in her book, Everything is Figureoutable. She is the host of Marie TV, an award-winning show, and uh, the Marie Forleo podcast. And she's also an entrepreneur. She says this, she says that a belief is a thought you have decided consciously or unconsciously is the truth. A belief is a thought you have decided consciously or unconsciously is the truth. So <clears throat> the key words here are that you have decided. So it's not necessarily the truth. Or, and the decision does not have to be conscious. It could be subconscious. And that's one of the reasons why uh, having decided that something is true, we tend to believe to defend our beliefs passionately because we believe that's the, the truth. We have the conviction. We have decided that that is the truth. So anybody who's saying anything contrary to what we believe, we fight them. <clears throat> These definitions infer that what you believe is not necessarily true. It could be an incomplete perspective. It could be a distortion or completely false. In essence, you can have a long-held belief that is a lie. And that has happened to quite a number of people in life <clears throat> until they confront the truth. Even for us kingdom citizens, there are things that we believed before we came to the kingdom and then we realized the truth through Christ and through his word. And even in our journey of faith, there are things that we believe were true concerning diverse issues of life. But as we got to be enlightened by the Spirit of God through His Word, we came to understand that what we believed previously was not true. <clears throat> Unfortunately, there are many believers who are still stuck in things that they believe but are actually not the truth. <clears throat> what is the impact of our belief on our lives? The beliefs that we hold, how do they affect our lives? There's a sequence 
in which this happens. Your beliefs influence your thoughts. Your thoughts influence your feelings. Your feelings and attitudes influence your decisions. Your decisions influence your words and actions. Your words and actions repeated over time influence your character. Your character determines your destiny. So you see how our beliefs have such far-reaching effects on our lives. We normally speak about how our thoughts affect our lives. But you have to realize that there's a deeper dimension. There's a subliminal drive to our thoughts. Just as we have seen that our thoughts are influenced by our dominant beliefs. Marie Foleo also says said something interesting that I liked in her book. She said that like a truck running underneath a train, our beliefs determine where we go and how we get there. Like a truck running underneath a train, our beliefs determine where we go and how we get there. So you see, our beliefs are like running scripts in our lives. They are the narratives we are telling ourselves. And uh, that's a drive of our, uh, an influence of our thoughts and of our decisions in the sequence that I've explained is what is actually running our lives. And therefore, it is quite important that we re-examine and confront our beliefs. <clears throat> they are, our beliefs have a wide range, but they are core areas of beliefs, and I can give some of the examples uh, that affect our lives. Uh, the beliefs about yourself. This is what psychologists call self-concept or self-identity. It's about the beliefs that you have about your attributes, the perspectives you have about your attitudes. That has a far-reaching effect on your life. There is another core area of, core be of, uh, of belief is the beliefs about God and spiritual matters. And as kingdom citizens, we know that that has a far-reaching effect, not just for the way we live our lives in this, life, in this world, but also how uh, the concept of uh, eternity, transition into eternity, like I mentioned in the last episode, that our existence is eternal. It starts from eternity and it will end in eternity and it's about the framework of a kingdom. So if somebody has a gap in that sense of belief, if this is, uh, will, be a will have a major effect. There are also uh, 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 beliefs about God. Uh, when you're talking about spiritual matters in the sense of not just his existence but you're speaking about what is the nature of God like when bad things happen to your life what do you normally conclude do you conclude that uh, God is no longer does not care when you're praying and you're not seeing answers it is based on your experience it's based on what you have decided is, is true it may even be based in what you have heard from church or from Christian television which may or may not be true or it may be true but in an incomplete perspective and therefore in a holistic sense not actually the truth 
So your beliefs about God and the spiritual matters, including matters to do with the spiritual realm, the supernatural, have a far-reaching effect in your, on your life. Because whether you like it or not, the activities in the spiritual realm, the activities from the, uh, the kingdom of God and the activities from the kingdom of darkness affect your life. The, the other kind of core, uh, core area of belief is your beliefs about people, like the nature of human beings, or race, ethnicity, gender. What do you believe about men and women? Are you a feminist? Are you a chauvinist? Uh, do you have uh, a sense of bias against a particular race or a, a, a particular ethnic community? Because that will determine how you respond to them. What you believe about women will determine how you respond to women. What you believe about men will determine how you respond to men. What you believe about human beings generally and some of the statements that we make that people cannot be trusted, people are not good, affects you. Beliefs about our relationships and marriages what is your belief about relationships with people what's your belief about relationships with the opposite sex what's your belief about marriage and are those beliefs true false distorted incomplete do you see marriage as the key to happiness is that a true belief is that belief true do you see marriage as the source of all your problems if you're married and that you are better off if you're single is that a true belief according to the principles of the kingdom of, of God do you believe that the single people are happier than the married people or the married people are happier than the single people it's this is just a belief that you hold it may be true and but or not true their beliefs about life in general, like the meaning of life or the essence of living about matters of purpose. There are some people who believe that that you don't really need to find out uh, your purpose, that you just choose whatever path that you decide and then you whatever comes out of your life, that will be what you'll accept. Is that a biblical perspective? Is that belief correct? They also believes about money, particularly limiting beliefs. Do you believe that everybody who has a lot of money has been lucky or is a thief? Do you believe that there are all opportunities for, for acquiring uh, money and wealth have been sealed? Do you be, inherently believe that money is the root of all evil? Is that really what the Bible says? Have you considered the whole phrase that the love of money is the root of all evil. Do you believe that money is the most important thing of life? That if you just get more money, if you get a lot of money, that all your problems will be answered, will be solved? Or do you believe that, do you believe that money, if you're given the option between a lot of money or, or God, like if you are, if like some minister said, that which statement will make you worry that if somebody said there is no God and it was proven as true, suppose it was true, uh, 
or there is no money what will make you more more restless it's about your beliefs do you believe that the key to getting a lot a lot of money and breaking through into wealth and having sufficiency is a high paying job do you believe that when you start a business that's the only time that you can get a lot of money is that a factual belief are there people in business who don't have money are there people who are working who have a lot of money are there people who are working who uh, don't have money in a, in a, what they considered as a secure job are there people who started a business and was doing well and do not have money see these are uh, beliefs that we we de- we, de- we develop your beliefs <laughs> about these issues could be true false distorted or an incomplete perspective so always be aware about that concerning your belief your beliefs have to be tested with the principles of truth in scripture because the only source of truth absolute truth is the bible we live in a, a culture of the world system which believes that truth is not absolute and so the kind of statements that you hear these days are statements like uh, my truth you know my truth probably if we if we if i was a devil's advocate i could say that what they really meant is my perspective but there are actually people who are, who believe in relativism the the philosophy of relativism the world view of relativism meaning that there is no absolute truth on any issue that it's whatever uh, dimension that you adopt that that's what is the truth so in that kind in that context uh, uh, statements like my truth or our truth are not consistent with scripture your life is tethered by the limiting beliefs which you have acquired and retained you see when you when you come into this world we come with a clean cell slate and we will see this in the next episode but what happens is that our social environment begins to inject us and to influence us and to in, and to input in us ideas that may be true false distorted or an incomplete perspective and some of these ideas may limit you for example you may find that children generally particularly when they are young uh, there may be a few may not be that case but most of the time you find that children tend to be generously Uh, to be generous inherently generous but you find that as the parents begin to speak to them about what they should not give uh, to other children maybe in school or other thing or or in other context they now begin to develop a sense of uh, of uh, retaining what they have for themselves uh, there are others who also as they go into this the the social the socialist somebody can be confident about themselves but as they begin to interact with people particularly when they they are teenagers they begin to be aware of perspectives of uh, what is regard, what is highly esteemed which could be how you dress how you look what you say who you hang out with what music you listen to and this begin to define them you see so so this now begin to become limiting beliefs the beliefs that you That, that you acquire and there are diverse kind of uh, effects uh or diverse kinds of uh, not just uh, effects but diverse kinds of uh, factors that influence you to have limiting beliefs so 
that, but the thing that I'm emphasizing today in this uh, respect is that your life is tethered by the limiting beliefs which you have acquired and retained. And remember that a belief is something that you have decided consciously or unconsciously that is true. So if you have decided that, that uh, what people have said about the standards of beauty are true, then you begin to believe that uh, maybe you are not beautiful or you have to match that standard. Unfortunately for you, if you move to another jurisdiction that has a different perspective of beauty, you will be forced once again to change your perspective on what actually is true about beauty. And the same case also would apply to money, that there are thoughts that you may have about money. And if you, there are some, some sort of... Uh, communities and communities here I don't just mean ethnic communities but what happens is that uh, there are places there, there there could be religious community or culture or context where people say that money is iner inherently a bad thing if you join those kind of contexts then you will you will be at a place whereby you conclude that money is is a is an evil thing it's, it's not something that when you are when you are a kingdom citizen you should uh, minimize your interaction with money yet you will be suffering and be in need you see so or you may be be in a context which believes that money is uh the the the, the symbol of blessing you believe that when you have money and when you have wealth and anytime you speak about the blessing you're speaking about financial prosperity and that may not be there the, the the kind of thing and so you and so when you don't have money you feel as though god has not blessed you so that becomes a limiting perspective. Yeah. There could be beliefs about uh, your capacity, your abilities. So if you, 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 you must have heard of a concept uh, in psychology called imposter syndrome, which is the belief that uh, even when you have a, you may be qualified and have the capacity to do a particular task or a job or engage in whatever endeavor it is, yet when you think about engaging in the same, something within you tells you that you're not good enough and you fear that you will fail. You will fear that you will be rejected. That is a limiting belief. Are you, the question you should ask yourself is like, where did I get those kind of beliefs? Where did I start ha when did I start having the, those kind of thoughts about myself? those kind of convictions, those kind of perspectives about myself. And is that true from a scriptural perspective? So your beliefs, your limiting beliefs, affect your life in a very major way. They will affect how you live in the kingdom optimally. They will affect your perspective as to whether God can use you, that you can be a channel through which God can do great things. Uh, and we see examples of that in the Bible, of uh, people like Moses, like Jeremiah, and like Gideon, at the point when God was presenting the call for their lives in them to them, I would also say that beliefs are deep-seated perspectives that cannot be altered by mere persuasion. You can win an argument against a person with limiting or false beliefs, yet fail to change that person's belief. You can present evidence. And you can argue with the person and try to convince them to win them over. You see, because our beliefs, we believe whatever we believe, whether it's true or false, we, we normally, uh, uh, 
have decided that this is the truth and so we will try to win over other people to our perspective and and if it is the even if it's the truth yeah, what what happens is that when you are dealing with somebody with limiting beliefs yeah, or with false beliefs yeah, uh, you may try to argue with the person and try to convince them and even present them with evidence and you may be surprised that even though you win the argument and they go away they will still continue the belief, to believe the same thing it could be, be beliefs about god it could be beliefs about money it could be beliefs about themselves their self concept so self concept is not something that you just try to convince somebody about and they will go and believe there has to be a a, a deep deconstruction of that wrong belief system and a liberation from the same as we will see later when I'm explaining to you how to deconstruct limiting beliefs. Uh, there are two concepts of uh, uh, concepts in psychology on beliefs uh, that I would like to mention. The first is called confirmation bias. The second is belief perseverance or belief persistence. What is confirmation bias? Confirmation bias is the tendency to gather evidence that confirms pre-existing expectations typically by emphasizing or pursuing supporting evidence while dismissing or failing to seek contradictory evidence. This is a definition from the American Psychology Association's dictionary. And I can repeat it for, for clarity. <clears throat> uh, that, that the confirmation bias is the tendency to gather evidence that confirms pre-existing expectations typically by emphasizing or pursuing supporting evidence while dismissing or failing to seek contradictory evidence. For instance, if you believe that a particular uh, ethnic community loves money, like we've seen in our jurisdiction where I, 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 I come from, uh, and in many other jurisdictions, so you'll find that people will always look for examples of people from that community who appear to have the love of money and to pursue money and to be preoccupied with money and use that as the evidence and as they do that they will be ignoring and uh, they will be they will be as they are pursuing and emphasizing evidence that supports them they will be dismissing and failing to seek contradictory evidence they will be they'll, they'll have a filter through which uh, they block the uh, the examples of people from that community who don't love money you could also have uh, uh, examples of people from a, a certain uh, profession which uh, uh, may have a certain attitude that is attributed to them, a character trait. And so you begin to believe that everybody in that profession is like that. And even if you meet people, you'll be saying these are just the rare exceptions, but generally that profession is like that. That is confirmation bias. And the same can also apply to us as we as we read scripture that we can we can decide we already decide for example that money is evil and so we begin to look through the bible for scriptures that enforce that belief while ignoring a balanced perspective the the, the other uh, scriptures that that challenge our opinion uh, because we want to arrive at a conclusion which we will will contend is biblical while actually it's just our cherry picking of scriptures that confirm our position that is com confirmation bias <clears throat> the other concept is belief perseverance or belief persistence this is the tendency to maintain a belief even after the information that originally gave rise to it has been refuted or otherwise shown to be inaccurate 
You see, there are some things that you might have heard or might have even been taught in school. But as research is done, it, there's a revelation that some of those things are not true. Or there are some things that you may have believed, eh? even about God and about life, about money, about people. And as you read the Bible, you begin to find things that are contrary to your belief. For example, just like I said earlier, that as you begin to, to as if you read the Bible with confirmation bias, and then some, uh, somebody else comes to you, somebody is more enlightened and was a better perspective of uh, the truth from the scriptures, explains to you the truth. Because beliefs are deep-seated uh, issues, uh, what happens is that you may find yourself not accepting that because we defend the because beliefs are a core component of our worldview. Worldview is just the framework from which we interpret life. It consists of our belief system, our attitudes, our inherited characteristics, and those kind of things. So, so the, we see we see things from the filter of our worldview. So we will see even the proof that is contrary to, of uh, uh, the proof that our beliefs are wrong. Uh, we will see them as an attack because we tend to we, we, we have made our worldview a core component of ourselves. We have made our beliefs a core component of ourselves. So when somebody is saying something that you do not believe to be true, you perceive it as an attack on you. You see, that and therefore, even after seeing the evidence, you will continue to hold to your belief. That is called belief persistence. Sometimes it may not be, it may be beliefs about yourself. And you go and look for fail, how you have failed and how people don't like you or people reject you. That is in a sense, and, and now you begin to believe that it's true. That is confirmation bias. But then if now somebody comes and begins to highlight areas in which you have accepted, you have succeeded and that you have prevailed, and it could be even something, it could be even in an event that you have done everything well, but somebody mentioned one thing. And then just based on that one thing, because of the conditioning, your psychological conditioning, you begin to believe that because of that one thing, you are a failure, you are the worst kind of person, you will never amount to anything, you will succeed. You begin to have a negative self-talk. And even if somebody came and told you how you have done very well, you don't, you see yourself as a fraud. See, that is called belief persistence. That even though the evidence, yeah, it's the tendency to maintain a belief even after the information that originally gave rise to it has been refuted. You've been presented with evidence that shows that what you believe is not true. Yeah, Or if it has been shown to be inaccurate. I'll give an example of this. I, I mentioned that at the, in, the, in the introductory episode of this podcast, the trailer, that I am an, a lawyer, a human rights lawyer. So one time I was speaking with a cab driver and uh, he was speaking about lawyer. And of course, being from the legal profession, yeah, I took interest in the same. But his perspective is that a cab driver that had, carried, had, uh, had uh, ferried me from one place to another before. But at this point in time, we started speaking and then he started telling me about lawyers, how lawyers are bad, how lawyers are liars, how lawyers take clients' money and they, they, call, they, uh, they misappropriate it. And uh, he began to give examples of his experience as a lawyer and his friends who have experienced the same. And uh, with that limited perspective, he was 
so convinced and we as we continue to have this discussion and which we which became intense huh, he was continually insisting that lawyers are fraudulent persons all lawyers are frauds all lawyers are, are, are persons who cannot be trusted you see that's a belief that he had and at some point i systematically explained to him how it's not true and how the percentage even from the cases that have been reported uh, to the disciplinary committee and to the advocates complaint commission are not uh, are, uh, are not a reflection of his statement and uh, i explained to him like look at me the way you have known all the time that you have known me am i a fraud you know and he was still insisting that you may be the exception and all that and i even though i seem to be convincing he's convincing him he still seemed to retain the belief that lawyers cannot be trusted that lawyers are liars that all lawyers are thieves they steal clients money the same way like there are some people who believe that all lawyers have a lot of money there are some lawyers who don't have money there are some lawyers who even become insolvent see so uh, or bankrupt that's what maybe a better word see so it is not true that all lawyers are liars it is a reflection of the person's confirmation bias and beliefs and belief persistence so as we conclude today i would like you to reflect on today's episode by asking yourself a question i want you to do this identify one of the core areas of beliefs that i have mentioned in this episode especially one in which you have been struggling with it's a belief it's an area of struggling with and you have certain beliefs about that so re-examine the beliefs you have about that area of of your life and why you hold and defend those beliefs that you have held why you you tend to have confirmation bias and uh belief persistence in those areas even when you, you hear what the word of god says or what people tell you that is contrary to to your beliefs and ask yourself this are these beliefs the are the beliefs that you hold consistent with the principles of truth in the word of god that's the bible are the beliefs that you hold scriptural are they consistent with scripture are they a core component of the principles of truth in the bible remember our topic is confronting our beliefs as you do this exercise i pray that you'll have a deeper reflection on your life on the same and prepare for the next episode in which you are going to speak about how our beliefs are developed till then have a great week full of god's grace and love